Hey, Anthony. Hey, guys. Boy, howdy. What's in your background, Mayor? Lifetime something? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention this podcast is sponsored by Lifetime Swing Sets. <laughs> there you go. So, there you go. Is it snowy? Uh, yeah, it snowed yesterday. Nice. We got a ton up here in Salt Lake. Wait, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday it snowed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it snowed pretty good. But uh, it is, my backyard is melted, except for the eternal darkness that always, you know, from the, the shade of the house. Uh, that's the only that has snow still. Yeah, we took the kids sledding, even though it was in the 40s. And they, like, you know, went down the half snow, half grass. At the park. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. It was 68 degrees today, and we went hiking in the desert, and it was great. Got some sun on my face, and I can feel it, like the dry lips, you know? A little bit of sunburn. Shaved my mustache this week. I was just going to ask about that. It was, you had a long in that picture, man. Yeah, me and Sean talked for, what, three hours about Mason Jennings on Yeah, Sunday? that was a lot of Mason Jennings. <laughs> I started listening to it. Yeah, I, I don't blame you for not. Well, Anthony, it. It you're uh, our second listener then, because Sean's <laughs> sister listened to it and was, live, was obsessed with him. She was so live yeah, streaming, live streaming uh-huh. her listening to our episode. Oh wow! <laughs> like constant texts. I'm like, I don't even remember talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, Sean did talk about like a traumatic experience at Jana's apartment. <laughs> It wasn't that traumatic, but yeah. Or I guess it was just awkward. <laughs> Did you know Mason Jennings at all, Anthony? No, I didn't. Um, I was, yeah, that's part of why I decided to tune in. It's like, they devoted this much time to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Weezer came out with a new album, so we're going to have to... Uh, they're never gonna stop man it's it's ridiculous (laughs) well Will said he was coming late did Paul say anything? Paul and I went on a hike together this morning and um, they've they've gone through a lot in the last little bit. So they're like really prioritizing their relationship at the moment. And, uh, uh, they're, they're going on a date tonight. So he said it was unlikely that he would be here. Sounds good. Is everything okay? Yeah. They're good. Something you can tell us on a podcast that we can record (laughs) and (laughs) expose to the world. Just kidding. I had a good day today. Uh, so my son does the kiwi crates or kiwi co the crate mm-hmm. like the crates or whatever. And for Christmas, uh, my wife couldn't pick a, a Christmas present for me, so we picked a uh, the Eureka crates, which is like the fourteen plus crate for me. And so I had some fun 
uh, last two crates have been fun. This last, this crate that we put together today was a pinball machine, like a make little. It was awesome. It was what so is this? Fun. What's the crate? What are you talking about? It's just a, a monthly project that they send in the mail that that you get to put together and follow instructions and learn mm-hmm. how things work. The last one was like a lock. You made you made like a a DIY lock kind of thing. So it's, it's like a fun. present on a monthly schedule. Mm-hmm. Nice. My kids have done those done those before. They're really fun. And they're age appropriate. So mine is 14 plus. I think that that applies <laughs> my maturity level. I don't know. Mary got some movies on the back burner to choose for next month. Uh, I think I'm. I think I got one in particular. I will wait to talk about it. Though. Sure. <laughs> It looked like William joined for like a half a second, and then he half dropped off. I booted him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I also got to play with Power Tools this afternoon. That was fun. What are you talking about? <laughs> the, the morning was the pinball machine. This afternoon, I got to play with a miter saw and a router and a sander. It was fun. What were you doing? Uh, so I'm planning on making a uh, like a, a height board, you know, where you, you document heights or how tall your kid gets or whatever. Right. And I've been planning to do that for like two years now. I haven't done it, uh, but I'm finally getting around to it. So I had That's one cool. for years and never put it up on the wall, and it's just leaning against some closet <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, Wait now we can second. start. We're gonna start. There's Will. We're gonna start right now. <laughs> you there, Will? If you are, we can't hear you. Hey. Hey. Ghostly presence. <laughs> Camera's not working. I can hear you. Will, are you there? You gonna share? Yeah, your... I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yes. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out my camera. Oh, okay. Not working. I had to click on the stop video button because it had a little cross through it. Here, maybe I'll I'll quit and join back in or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs> that works. So if if I don't know, is that on this phone? Didn't see. So, um, I watched both of your movies, Sean. Oh, no. <laughs> did anybody else watch the other one? I didn't this time. Okay. You did not miss out. <laughs> Should was, we do the... 
It was the mini, mini movie club right now. Oh, uh, it was disturbing and um, unsettling and not good. <laughs> I'm I'm really glad we went with the other one. So like, I'm glad I don't have to like defend it right now. <laughs> but I feel like like probably when I watched it the first time was when I was first getting really into movies, and so I was just really blown away that like you could do that with a movie that uh-huh. it has like all this dream logic and it's so like bizarre and fantasy and ron perlman speaking french and it was just like i'd never seen anything like it now that i've seen a lot of other movies it didn't blow me away as much as it did the first time so i'm glad that i don't really have to stand here and defend it as my choice since we watched the other movie instead those faces that that scientist makes Mm -hmm. oh man and then those like clones were so uh (laughs) oh man and then i I, ron perlman's like relationship with with miet uh-huh it was creepy i don't think it was though i that was one thing that i still really liked about it because it's like he's the um he's a big brother the the dim-witted strong man and she's like this really strong-willed little child so they like find each other and complete each other in like ways that you kind of wouldn't expect from characters like that yes it, I, I could see how you could see it as being creepy. I did like the little brother, though. Yeah. Just chewing on the really sausage. With his burps. Burps. Yeah. Well, we can see you now. You just have to yeah. unmute yourself. Oh, wait a second. Oh, wait. There's, There's two, two wheels. <laughs> one's a video and one's the audio. This is amazing. So my computer's camera doesn't work. <laughs> yes. But my phone doesn't have speakerphone. All so right. I love this. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a mess. No, it's perfect, Will. It's great. I'm glad you made... We missed your presence in the last oh, one. thanks. Did you end up watching the movie for the last one, Will? The last one? No, I didn't. Okay. Sorry. But yeah. I watched this one twice, so... Twice? Wow. Yeah, for it. That's great. That's impressive. Thank you. <laughs> Should we watch the trailer? Yeah. Yeah. Let's watch the trailer. Uh, It should be noted that the trailer is got the sound, the audio of, uh, whatchamacallit, of uh, Manchester Orchestra, which is a great rock band, by the way. So let's hear it. Respond true or false to each question. Who taught you how to read? My dad teaches me. You're actually quite a bit ahead of where you need to be. I wake up rested and peaceful most mornings. True. My day-to-day life is full of things that keep me interested. 
true. I have nightmares or troubling dreams. Is your dad in the service? He was. Do you feel safe living with your dad? We didn't need to be rescued. Your dad needs to provide you shelter and a place to live. He did. It's not a crime to be unhoused, but it's illegal to live on public land. We have found an option. Are we going to be okay here? You can still think our own thoughts. Keep pedaling. Look where you want to go. School is about social skills, not just intellectual ones. I think it might be easier on us if we try to adapt. We're wearing their clothes, we're in their house, we're eating their food, we're doing their work. We have adapted. Pack your things. Did he even try? Because I can't tell. Somebody said some Where's your home? With my dad. Same thing that's wrong with you isn't wrong with me. So good. So good. <laughs> have all the feelings all over again. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, they didn't show the trembling chin, though. Man, that was. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, so Sean, you're up. Oh, not. Yeah. What, what was, your, picked it. What so was your decision? Why I chose process? it? Yeah. I kind of talked about this last time, but. Um, in i'd seen it like mentioned a bunch online as this like really amazing movie and i knew it had 100 percent on rotten tomatoes which usually i kind of don't care about but it's still impressive we were at my parents house for a christmas of 2018 so i guess not long after this came out um, and we were looking for a movie to watch and we needed something that was like pg so everybody could watch it and i'm like oh i heard about this great movie and so we watched it with my mom and my daughter who I guess would have been eight at the time, which was maybe a little bit much for her. I bet. Um, but did I remember she, did being... Did she like it, though? I asked her about it. Um, she seemed like she really didn't like it. Like, she was enjoying it. She's really into, like... She read the um, the book and watched the movie with me of... Um, what was that movie Will chose? Hunt people. for the Wilder People. Like, she likes living in the wild kind of adventure stories, but the twist ending as she calls it like she really didn't like she was upset by it but when i talked to her about it now like two years after she watched it she says she really liked it it was just like she thinks back on it as a movie that she liked even though she was upset by it when she watched it so i liked it a lot i liked it a lot more this time around just because i wasn't sitting there worried that my mom wasn't gonna like it you know so or your daughter yeah (laughs) all the all around you uh-huh. <laughs> it's hard for kids to watch that like those first few mov- movies that have like a sad or complicated ending. Like cuz most kid movies are so like one-sided like and so those first few where they it's like what? Life's not always Does exactly wrap perfect. up perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess this was based on a book which I didn't read, but um 
in the book, apparently the dad dies halfway through. So despite this having like a pretty untidy ending, it's a lot cleaner than the book was. I was waiting for something really bad to happen and something bad did happen, but it wasn't like really bad. Mm -hmm. I was just waiting for like a devastation. (laughs) And so it was like sitting in anticipation the whole movie. So I think I would enjoy it better the second time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think it's a lot more powerful to have an ending that's about human choices than things that happen to them. So, so I'm glad they made that change in the movie. Do we know how he died in the book? I don't know. So um, I was writing up my notes after I watched it, and I was writing about how great Thomas and Mackenzie was. And so I I looked her up on IMDb just to see what else she was on. And her little intro is like, Thomas and McKenzie is an actress from New Zealand. And I was like, what? She's from New Zealand? So I wanted to watch her on YouTube to hear her accent. And I accidentally watched like a full hour long interview of her and the director. (laughs) And so that's, they just mentioned that it was based on a book and that that happened in the book. And they kind of went a completely different direction. So that's all I know about the book. Great. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. I watched it in two sittings. The first sitting was like up until they're placed in the cat or in the tree farmhouse. And then I pushed like, and then we stopped it and I came back to it a week later. And then it was, it was like two different movies. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> there's that, that part. And then, then the rest. And then on, on IMDB, it says that they are, living in an ideal existence in a vast urban park in Portland. And what I remember of the first half of that movie is it wasn't an ideal existence. (laughs) They're like covering their tracks and like hiding and getting drugs from like people or selling their drugs or whatever he was doing with with those other homeless camp. Didn't look ideal ideal for him. It was ideal for him, I'd say. And for her too, I'd say, uh, like she wanted a home, and that wet. was. I hate camping in the rain. Um, <laughs> Portland for you. Reminded me of Alone. You guys watched that? Yes. Haven't seen that one. I have a few comments on that. Okay. Yeah, Mayor talked about Alone before, right, Mayor? On this. Maybe. I don't know. It's like a reality show, and these people like are trying to win money by staying out alone or whatever. So great. What are you doing, buddy? In Vancouver, too. That's true. I don't remember the context that I brought it up, but yes. It's great. Um, Well, do you know if Paul watched this movie, Anthony? He he did, actually. Did he, like, prepare Uh, a lecture? Because we're waiting for Paul's (laughs) lecture on these movies. I missed them. I, I mean, he enjoyed it a lot. Um, he was, uh, I was actually a little surprised because uh, what's, you guys said her name, Thomas and McKenzie, like her performance is so powerful, but he he was really taken by Ben Foster's performance. Um, I thought he was great too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't really seen him in, like, I looked through his IMDb and the only thing I've seen him in I think was Freaks and Geeks when he was a teenager. He played the mentally disabled kid Eli. 
which he did great at, but that was <laughs> like 30 years ago or whatever. Yeah, that's right. And Thomas and Mackenzie, the only thing I've seen her in besides this was Jojo Rabbit, and she was incredible in that too. So I hope she's just in everything from now on. Did she have like a German <laughs> accent? I don't remember what her accent was. I was trying to think about that, but... Yeah, I, I just don't remember. How about you, Will? You got any notes? Yeah. Um, to me, the whole movie was about the relationship between someone with depression or any, like, mental illness and those around them. Like, there's, like, a tug-of-war almost where... Like, my dad had manic depression, uh, and growing up, you, you always get, like, the feeling that they're being selfish and, like, they're ruining your life. At least that's how I felt. Um, but this movie kind of gave me a different perspective on that. It's like, he's not being selfish. It's like he can't, he's not capable of changing. And that really hit me hard. Um, that line she says at the end where... I know that if you could stay, you would. And thinking of his problems more like, more like coming back from a war as an amputee rather than just someone who needs to get over things and needs to take medication to get back to normal. Like there is no going back to normal for him. Yeah, I I really liked too how like they present him as like this broken person, but a good yeah. broken person. You know, he's a great dad. They never like show anything that makes him seem bad, just that he can't fit into society the way that he's expected to. Like it it seems like if you heard that story rather than seeing this like closer relationship, it would be really tempting to think of him as like life or whatever but being able to see it like zoomed in and up close like that and just how good of a person he is was i thought that was really yeah. powerful that that may be what and and I, one of my notes is like i don't understand <laughs> mental illness but like what made him leave the second like the community they were in like what like they had a decent thing going and he wasn't having he didn't seem to have flashbacks he had some privacy i I don't know i like i didn't you're asking why it ended the way it ended why did he have to go no why why they left the tree farm the tree farm or the camper trailer well i like i i get the tree farm a little bit but the camper trailer like he didn't seem to be having episodes he he was like i don't know like i don't know i didn't understand i guess i i just don't understand him much i don't know yeah it was frustrating the decision making processes and taking a bus and then getting off the bus halfway through and then getting off in the middle of these paranoid maybe there's a cabin somewhere that was a really and turning around too like they went if you listen to the bus stops they were going south they went halfway like south through Oregon and then they hitchhike north all the way up into Washington. Like he's just all over the place to avoid getting caught. Hmm. It seemed like there was something about not just like being around like 
any amount of chaos or whatever, but it seemed like he also was really uncomfortable with the idea of any sort of dependence on anyone else. Um, and so I think that Yeah, that makes sense. You okay? This um, we we were deciding the night that we watched it. We were deciding between two movies, and we watched the trailer for both of them, and they were both just so sad looking <laughs> and it was like oh i guess i guess we're just gonna be miserable at the end of the night <laughs> <their way." laughs> she she actually watched the other one last night she said come watch a movie with me and then in the first like three minutes i was like oh no this is gonna be so sad <laughs> and so I, I didn't i don't know if it's called our friend it was um, I hadn't heard of it before. It has Casey Affleck and Jason Siegel in it. Um, and they Casey Affleck's wife um, is dying from cancer. And Jason Siegel is like their best friend and decides to like move in with them to support them and their two daughters, like, as they're going through all of that. Um, apparently, it was based on an article that, uh, in real life, Casey Affleck's character um, w- was a journalist who wrote a, an article. When he started writing it, he thought he was going to be writing it about his wife, but the article also largely ended up being about this friend who helped them through such a hard time. And, and then the the article got optioned and became this movie. But so like the like, very first scene was, it was like 50, 50, but like real and not a comedy. Right. <laughs> the very first scene was like, uh, she was saying, they told me a list of things not to tell the kids to make them upset or to not give them like any, hope basically like that something could turn out differently um, and so they like le- read this list of like, like really sad things and then it's like are am i gonna talk and i'll just hold them while you're talking and i was like i can't i can't watch this <laughs> so. yeah that's heavy <laughs> Yikes. Well, the question is, was Mare dry-eyed at the end? You guys there? Is everything so I have other to say other things. You should. Okay. Um, so we're leaving... Outward going 
Chad's like. Chad, are you there? Everything's like really slow. Like you guys are talking really slow. Okay, I'll slow. just say what I was going to say because it's not that important. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just you, Chad. Is it just, just me? Just you. Oh, yep. I think you're back. Oh, it says my of, internet yeah. connection is unstable. That's, that's a great sign. It always says that for me right when it becomes stable again. Okay. <laughs> so hopefully. Anyway, I was just saying they crossed the St. John's Bridge, which is by far the best bridge in Portland. So I'm really glad that they put that in there. And I think it's like accurate because there's all this wilderness up to the north and it's like the northernmost bridge in Portland. Um, and then I guess like one of the other things that I really liked about it was, um, and they talked about this in the in the interview, this was like very, very intentional was just that it's like a very quiet and open movie. Like there's not a lot of dialogue. The uh, With a couple exceptions, like the score doesn't really tell you how to feel. Like it's present, but it's not like swelling strings when you're supposed to feel sad. Like like when they're getting chased, it's like a classic, you know, raise your adrenaline kind of thing. But besides that, it's just like very open and you're looking at their expressions and kind of letting it like flow through you instead of being dictated, okay, this is how you're supposed to feel right now. I didn't notice the score. I didn't notice any score. It felt like a documentary. I forgot. And I think think that was totally intentional. Mm -hmm. I I forgot that it was a movie with actors at some point. Like, oh, this is just like a slice of life going to a a 4-H meeting, looking at bunnies, like looking at horses, like old people sitting around and singing on the guitar around a campfire. Like you forget that it's scripted out. And these are actors, or maybe they're not actors, but they're acting in front of a camera instead of just like, hey, this mommy. is their real life. Hey, mommy. So, yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Chad, you should like turn off your video or something. Yeah, it's in and out, but it was decent. I'm worried. Maybe turn off your video. I'm worried about the recording for the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's going to be bad. Is anybody recording this on okay. Zoom? No. Do you want me to? No, I don't care. Who listens to this podcast? (laughs) Paul (laughs) might. Yeah, uh, the recording of the podcast is going to be like, I'm worried about the podcast. (laughs) It's like slowed down and all digital, like you're a robot (laughs) talking really slow. (laughs) Sometimes, and then it speeds up and like you're talking really fast to catch up. Yeah. Uh, I have the full list. I don't know if you guys want me to go through my list or not. Yeah, let's start it. I know you do. (laughs) (laughs) Mayor. Chad, your internet sucks. Oh, I can hear you guys just fine. Can you not hear me? Chad. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. I can hear you. Can you not was hear Sean, was, Sean, was Sean done with his list first? I have before. other things, but let's do Jason's list, and if he has overlap, I'll jump in. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, first thing, how are they not malnourished? I have seen 
six seasons <laughs> of Alone to know they would be they go to the so store whenever they don't and have enough. Whenever she doesn't have enough, like <laughs> once a month, they get he gets a disability check. Right? No, he, he gets he drugs. Needs, no, they sell for hundreds of dollars. Okay, disability plus <laughs> drugs. But still, they would be they would they would be searching for food all day every day. That would be all they do because there's not a freaking enough calories out there unless you've got like animals you're killing and slaughtering every day. There's uh, they they uh, bought that big bag of long grain rice. <laughs> <laughs> They're good on calories, and they don't hate each other. If you know anything <laughs> from alone, you're gonna hate your partner after. You're gonna hate your partner. Yes, yes. They, why? Why didn't they hate each other? No, it was it, that was funny. Um, oh, I thought it was kind of a funny juxtaposition where after they get caught. Uh, he goes in and takes the, uh, he has to do that quiz or whatever that's like 435 questions or whatever. And it, did you guys notice the, the wallpaper behind him was like, like a forest scene or whatever? And there he is, uh, just out of the forest, has to sit in front of a bank of computers and do this. And they've got this forest wallpaper behind him to... To make them feel calm or whatever, just like I, just the complete. I've yeah, I've done it. neuropsychological testing before. It is the worst. Like I I don't know how anybody could like go through that and like feel good afterwards. <laughs> um. Oh, uh, they go to church, right? <laughs> and that church scene was weird. Uh, I mean, it, it jumps in, and it's like it's like an advertisement for an acupuncture clinic or something. That was weird, and and then and then there's like a color guard, like it like for like for people who never like grow out of high school, out of high school color guard. This is what you do <laughs> when you're. There was a big part of that interview that I watched where the director talked about that. Like that was a. Uh... I guess she's, I don't know if she's like an actual anthropologist or just sort of like interested in anthropology, but she talked about like, like ritual dance in the United States, how it's something that happens all over the place and just is not acknowledged and how it's totally different on the East coast to the West coast in a black church versus a white church, but that this happens all over the place. So she found these ladies and got them to come be in the movie and, um, they drove like eight hours and would accept no payment. They went through the dance routine. I think she said 17 times and they were just like super intense. And I guess if you buy the DVD, you can watch the full five minute dance routine. But she was talking about it, like how interesting it is from an anthropological point of view and how it's kind of on us, whether we look at it and decide, Oh, that's weird and funny. And so I should laugh at them or, Oh, that's different. And I don't understand world is these people and they do their thing and i do mine she kind of came to to that conclusion not like oh this is the coolest thing ever but like oh let's like observe this and be okay with it i guess so i thought i thought that was interesting especially how like there was one little question and she talked for like (coughs) five or ten minutes about that that one thing yeah i thought they have a flashback with helicopters (laughs) when she started it really fast it looked like (laughs) 
But and I guess the other thing she mentioned in that interview is how um like it's kind of weird to see, but then the next scene, Tom is like playing with the flags and talking to the lady and like they give her lines, you know, so it kind of humanizes them instead of just like this thing you're looking at that's weird. Wait, she was playing the flags after that? Yeah, like the next scene. Yeah. Uh huh. She talks to him, they give her two flags and are kind of showing her how to spin them a little. That's right. That's funny. Um Okay, uh, the next note I have is that Tom is desperate for community. Uh, like she, I think it was the part where uh, she finds the rabbit and she goes and, and returns it. And she's just like, she perks up as soon like there's a kid her age. He offers to have her go to the, uh, the 4-H club. She doesn't care what the heck it is as long as she can go to it, right? Like she's just, she... She loves her dad and she loves that life, but she desperate. She is desperate for that community, and that just that juxtaposition was interesting. Uh, I want to talk about the rabbit. Yes, uh, I thought this might. I don't know if it's symbolism, but I thought it was symbolism. The fact that it runs away whenever uh, it knows that its nails are going to be clipped, and just thinking that like a rabbit's nails only need to be clipped if it's contained, and so kind of like uh, with the dad, like the paperwork he has to deal with and the responsibilities. It's part of being in a community, being in society, like being in that cage. In the forest, he doesn't have to worry about that. Um, so I thought there was like a parallel there. Nice catch, Will. It's great. I like that. Um, the line... Uh, there's there's there there was a lot of quotes that I really liked in this in this movie. Uh, one of them was uh, let me make sure I'm getting this right. Uh, I don't know. Uh, this is what I have written. Only place we aren't seen is in these walls. Uh, talking about the the house that they had, uh, as opposed to before, they were exposed, but there wasn't anyone for miles, right? Uh, there, even on, I guess, evidently on the tree farm, uh, there's, oh, I missed, I missed a note. Uh, they, they have walls to separate them, but the, you know, there's somebody around the corner that can watch them, that can see them. And I think that's part of, maybe that's part of what his deal was, is just being seen, right? Like maybe that's, I didn't realize it, but maybe that's more telling, uh, of his condition than just, the choppers and 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 having some peace or whatever but being seen exposed i guess is a is a good way to put it could be snipers you know from uh for PS, P, ptsd whatever it is um also why the heck are there freaking helicopters at a christmas tree farm i'm sorry i don't I, that was real I mean, they were ch- bringing those choppers yeah. in. With... There's no, <laughs> no. That's how what? that's how they load the trees. There's really cool YouTube videos of like helicopters going super fast, just zooming from one spot to the next, picking up a tree and then loading it in a truck and back and forth. That's just a real get... thing they do. It was flat. Just go take a truck through the tree. I'm like, 
I, I don't know why. I'm sure if you talk to a Christmas tree farmer, they could explain the economics of it. Let's, but I know it's a real thing. Maybe they need let's you. Bring some, let's bring one in. They need you, Jason, <laughs> to talk some reason into them. Jason can figure out logistics. Seems expensive really and a risk, man. I don't know. Um. <laughs> yes. Okay, uh, there was another line that uh, the social worker... Uh, she came in, and I think she was, like, dropping off a bunch of gifts and stuff. And he's like, we don't need more stuff or whatever. And she said a line like, hey, if you guys are if you guys are going to remain independent, you got to do this, blah, 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 blah. And in my head, I'm like, they were so independent. Before. They were, like, the epitome oh. of independent. And now you're saying, hey, if you want to be ind- independent, you got to do these things. Like, that. that's the opposite of independent. I don't know. Well, that's, that's more about like just legally like to keep your kid like like most most kids in that situation would would be taken into foster care um yeah so that yeah that's more just like you're absolutely right right that like just in society generally <laughs> Like the, the way toward freedom is through unfreedom. It seems like a lot of the time, but yeah, that's a good point. Well, like, I mean, he he wasn't he was providing an education, at least a reading level education. Um, you know, uh, public school is kind of mandated unless you do like the homeschool route, which I'm sure he wasn't filling out that paperwork to do homeschooling. Um, so I, I, it's interesting that sh- she wouldn't have gotten taken away, right? Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, most most states, the um, the sort of laws preference is for a, like the laws are written that the preference is sort of given. Like, we we would rather a child stay with their natural family. And so, like, and I, I, I don't know what Oregon's laws are, but, like, as I would imagine, especially in a state like Oregon, that um, they would say, let, let us figure out whatever services we can to make that happen. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense no uh that i think i like we paused the movie and talked about it a bit and and the sense of the sense of we are that society and or, or us in, as individuals are rescuing people from homelessness uh when it's in some of these cases clearly a choice like they are they don't
Somebody said it's on speed.